Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. What was your process in selecting JV and varsity teams? I think this will be really helpful because it's something that we all are faced with or deal with. What, were, what was your process? Well, obviously we all, you know, we're going to run through some drills and play five on five and, and do some, some talent evaluation. But I think one thing I learned from a guy that I was assistant coach with for several years, Mike Sorrell, he picked it up from another longtime Indiana coach, Jim Rosenstiel at Lebanon, um, who coached Rick Mount. You may have heard the name Rick Mount. was kind of a uh, – he was, played at Purdue, was All-American. But he had a form, and I continue to use this, that said that we asked the players what their expectations were. So the form said, if my chances are not 75% of being in the starting five, then I'd rather be dropped from the squad now. Um, if my chances are That's an interesting question. Yeah. 75% of being in the top eight, I'd rather be dropped now. And then the third box was, um, I just want to be a member of the team. And even though I, even I understand that that may include not having any playing time um, or very little playing time, I just want to be a part of the program. And so we had two columns. One, they checked the box where they, and it wasn't what their prediction was, it was what they were comfortable with, what could they accept. And so if they checked, you know, starting five, like I had one kid check starting five and I had him listed as the 13th best player in the program. So that helped because then we can sit down and have a conversation and, you know, look, I'm not going to use his real name, but look, John. Yeah, yeah. Here's where I see you. Here's where you see yourself. There's going to be some conflict there. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to either change your expectation or probably not a good idea for you to be on the team this year. And so he said, well, if you don't see me in the top five, then I don't want to play. Um, and then obviously I consulted the other coaches too. It wasn't just me. I mean, we all talked about where we saw him and they may not all have him 13th, but certainly none of them even have him in the top 10. So um, that made it easier to have that conversation. I think it gave him a little bit of face. He, you know, we, he saved a little bit of face and from getting cut. We just said, yeah. you know, we'll just mutually agree that um, you're not going to be on the basketball team this year. And so I said, well, yeah, if you don't think I'm good enough to start, then I don't want to play. I love that. I love that idea of getting to know what, where their head's at more, you know, before we start anything, because there's been times where I felt like this guy gets it and he understands his role and the why behind it. And then either from a parent conversation or him later on, you find out, man, like he was thinking something very different. So I, I think that's powerful. Yeah, and I, again, I, I thought it was a great tool. I picked it up from, from a couple of guys that were a lot more successful than I was, but it really helped me because then I signed it where I thought they were, and I, I had the parents sign it and I had the kids sign it. You know, and one we had one time where a kid came in and said, I don't understand why I'm not playing. And I said, well, first of all, let's start out with this. I got out the sheet and I said, you said that you were, would be fine with just being on the team and not playing a lot. And so I said, that started work. That's what I felt like was for you. And it made me feel better because that's how you felt and you signed it. And I said, you know, things, obviously you change your mind or you get in 
it doesn't end up being what you thought it was. You thought you could maybe overcome that and you can't. So I said, uh, you know, obviously there's a difference of opinion here, but I just want you to know that part of why I kept you on the team was because you'd signed this. Mm. Um, and as we talked through it, I think it helps him to kind of understand a little better and then kind of maybe think through on his own what he really thought his role in the team was realistically compared to the other players that we had. And then we had, a, you know, some of the other times, some of the best players that I coached, uh, guys that played in college, they would check that third box and they just want to be on the team. You know, and you're saying, you know, we're, we're hoping that you're, you're, you're going to be all, con- <laughs> you're be all conference. Well, I mean, not saying that to him, but thinking in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, you, if you're not averaging 15 a game, we don't have a chance <laughs> to have a winning season this year. You, but your attitude is, I just want to be on the team because I like the program. I like basketball. I want to, I want to do what I can to help the team. So that was good too to see that you know, some of the guys that, because the thing is, if he had checked, I want to start every game, um, he would have been right because <laughs> I yeah, would have yeah. to start every game too. But it's a lot about his attitude. What about what about the the big split or a JV to varsity? You know, you have a kid that's maybe younger, but it, it you could see possibly being on varsity, maybe not getting a lot of minutes, but just the idea of practicing with and getting exposure to some of those older players or playing on JV where get to play, get to develop, you know, but it's against that competition. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think every school is a little different because it's size. Like like for us, um, we every school, Every team I was with, we practiced JV and varsity together. And sometimes that would be 24. Sometimes that would be 18. Or sometimes it would be, you know, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we'd maybe take some of the sophomores and freshmen and practice them together and juniors and seniors practice together. So there was a lot of different things. But I think in terms of deciding how, where a kid should be, um, in my opinion, early in the year, you're much better off putting him – on the lower end rather than on the higher end in mm-hmm. terms of playing time. Um, and I say that because if you get a sophomore say that maybe he's going to be or she's going to be the seventh or eighth player on your varsity, then they're probably going to be a role player. But if you have them as the play, playing on the JV, they're probably going to take a lot of the big shots. They're going to be counted on to score. And probably that's what you're going to need them to do the next couple of years. So in, in my opinion, you owe it to the kid to at least give them about half the season of the role that you feel like they're going to play in the future. And and really just for them, again, their enjoyment. I mean, they they want to come out and play. Mm-hmm. So if your kid's playing, if a kid's that good, I'm going to play him 24 minutes on the JV. Um, I don't know if, if that's what it is. Every, every state plays the same, a six-minute quarter JV. But I'm going to play him every minute of the JV game. And then in Indiana, and I'm sure it's maybe that way in some other states, you could also play a fifth quarter um, on the varsity, um, but kind of like to get a minute at the end of the game, it's like a fill-in role or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would play like three quarters JV, and then you'd be available for two quarters varsity, um, play them 18 minutes. So I think you're better off airing on the getting them more playing time and maybe at a lower level whether it's, you know, a freshman that's not playing on the JV or a JV player that's not playing on the varsity. They're playing a lot. You can do that through the first half of the season. Then maybe you can look at getting them some more minutes on the varsity where it is more competitive. Um, 
and I think kids to me again their experiences with what they experience in games I think in terms of practice you're always better off having a good player practice against better players so if you've got you know juniors and seniors that that are stronger bigger and you get a, a talented freshman or sophomore I think it's good to let them go against the, the varsity of practice. Um, and, and obviously you have to keep in mind what the kids' mentality is too. Um, I can keep thinking of a couple of kids that thought they were, you know, they thought they were better than those guys that were playing ahead of them. Um, and so they, they didn't mind going out against them. And if they had a bad practice, then it didn't, it didn't bother them. They were, they had that spirit. They're going to be back at it again tomorrow. But I, I think you can really, some kids, you know, again, they're kids, like you said, they're, and maybe 14, 15 years old, their spirit, some of them may not be exactly where, where it's going to be when they're an, an adult and, and what you think of as a coach. So I think you also don't want to put a kid in a position where you're going to destroy their confidence and you're going to destroy their, you know, enjoyment of what they're doing. Yeah, I, I've, I've struggled with it over the years on what's the one, I think it's situational. I think you got to take it case by case. There's no hard, fast rule, but I like your idea of starting them out low on the lower end and, you know, instead of you're on varsity. Well, you know what, at this point, it'd probably be better if you played JV because as good as that sounds to you and makes sense for playing time, you're right. I think that can be a shot to their confidence. Um, and, and, and uh, so making that decision early on, that, that might be best. And I think this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. The, the whole key is talking to kids and then sitting them down and telling them and taking the time that, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Here's why I'm thinking it. I think it's better for you because I think you're going to get more shots. I think you're going to get more playing time. Whereas if you're on the varsity, you're, you're going to be more of a role player. You know, you're, I mean, certainly that's not saying that role players aren't important, but down the road, I see your role as being someone who's going to be able to, to score and help us in that role. And I, I want you to practice that role, and I want you to get good at it on the JV. Um, and, you know, just being able to talk to them, I, uh, again, a job I took, there was a couple guys that were injured, and so we started a sophomore first two games before those varsity guys got back. And I told him, you know, you're going to start these games, but my vision for you is you're probably going to be on the JV. And um, I think he appreciated that. Because, he, you know, I told him these other guys I think right now are better than you. But that doesn't mean they're going to be better than you all season. That doesn't mean they're going to be better than you for your entire – you may be – you're going to be in their role someday. But right now, I just don't want you to – I don't want to set you up and think, well, I'm a starter. Because you're not really a starter. You're starting because these other guys aren't available. And when we need you for that, but then you're going to get lots of playing time on the JV. I think you appreciated me. Yeah. You know, kind of letting him know where things stood. And, Obviously, all kids aren't going to you know, appreciate that. Yeah, but having those honest conversations, though, with them, instead of just, this is what you're doing, and then expecting them to say, yes, sir, I think nowadays, even more than ever before, kids want to know the why. They want to know the why. And the reason they want to know the why is they can find the why out on their phone for about anything in the world that they could possibly need. So with what we do as coaches, explaining the why behind it, I think, is more important than ever before. And I also wanted to take some some pressure off of him because, you know, um, and I didn't tell him, but, I mean, it, you know, if he had gone out and broke the school scoring record and, you know, taken 
50, 50 points on 20 shots and, and then I probably would have reevaluated. But I also didn't want him to feel like that'd be a great problem to have. That'd be a great problem yeah, to have. Exactly. But I, I just wanted him to know that um, I appreciate his, you know, making a great effort. I appreciate him playing against guys that were older than him and, and being in a position that, you know, there was pressure. And I said, I think you're the kind of guy that could handle it. And he definitely was. And it, it worked out because he ended up having a really good career and, and as a junior and senior was really an outstanding player and um, had, had a great attitude. And um, so it, it was, I think that was a good start. And I, I think, again, in, in any situation, we appreciate that as a, you know, if an AD, if you're the head coach and the AD has a meeting with the board and the board says, hey, you know, if he doesn't have a, or she doesn't have a good year this year, they're probably going to be out. You'd expect, you you would appreciate your AD coming to you and telling you that's how other people are feeling. You know, mm-hmm. whether, whether I back you or not, these other people are not backing you. Maybe your last year. I think that you would rather know those kind of things. Oh, than to get blindsided by it. And, yeah. Yeah. Find out in the, at the board meeting in May. That, that's you know, right. You know, one I'm thing just I, using that oh, as an sorry, example. Yeah. That's right. I'm just, I'm just using that as an example of that. I think, you know, coaches want to be treated with respect and, and even though we're adults and they're kids, they're still people and you got to treat them the exact same way you would want your superiors to treat you. One thing I, I, I really appreciate you've said this a couple of times and it's made me think is you, you do or say things to take the pressure off of the kid. And I think that's a, that's a great attitude to have because there's going to be so many things that naturally just add pressure and we can't do anything about that. There's just pressure with kids being kids now and everything that they have to go through with that. But then as a coach, uh, there's a lot of pressures with sports and, and what can we do to alleviate certain pressures off of them, take it off their shoulders. I, I like the way you, you look at things that way. Well, again, I think it's, it needs to be fun for them. And, and you're right. There's there's scrutiny when you're an athlete. There's just pressure, the internal pressure of wanting to be to win, do your best because you know, if you're playing, you're competitive. So there there are lots. Of, there's parental pressures. There's <laughs> parental pressure. There's there's pressure from you know sometimes depending on where it is or who it is, media, you know, local mm-hmm. TV, radio, newspaper. And then, unfortunately, there, there's pressure on everybody from Twitter, you know, and I don't pay any attention. I mean, at 55, I don't have to pay attention to that because I've, you know, trained myself not to. But when you're 15, I don't. I know I couldn't have done that. Yeah. So they, they've got pressure everywhere. And, uh, you know, just I think if you, they can come talk to you, you know, if you get that relationship that, you know, hey, you know, dad's on me because I only got, you know, took eight shots last game and, you know, giving him some advice, advice on how to handle those kind of things or her. Um, just having a good relationship, um, that that's, I think, goes a long way in taking pressure off of him. Mm. And then also not creating pressure. You know, I, I think it's, as coaches, we can create pressure that doesn't need to be created. Mm. Um, you know, this is a must-win game. This is a big game. This is how we get to, you know, we say those things well, meaning well, and I don't think the coaches say those things that, to cause problems, but um, another thing from John Maxwell, and this is kind of how I handled stuff after a loss. Um, when you're a leader and you're confronted with a problem, you've either got two buckets. 
one bucket has gasoline in it and one bucket has water in it. And so you're going to pour one, as a leader, you're going to, to react and make sure your reaction is pouring water on that situation, not gasoline. Mm. So, you know, when you say, hey, if we lose this game, we're not going to have a winning season. If we lose this game, we're out of the conference race. You know, that, you're, you're trying to motivate, but you're really not motivating. I think you're putting pressure. So you know, just being conscious of those kind of things. And uh, in my opinion, this is a great time right now uh, in the spring and summer for coaches to think about all those kind of things. How am I going to react? How am I, what can I do to take pressure off the kids? How am I going to react after we lose? What play do I want to run when there's five seconds to go? How, how do I want to make sure all my players are getting shots in practice? How do I want to make sure our culture is being an important part of who we are every day in practice? Uh, I think thinking about all that stuff now when you're not dealing with the pressure and even once school's out and you're not teaching every day, I just think it's a great time to, to spend thinking about that kind of stuff because there's less pressure on, on you. Mm-hmm. You've got less demands in your time and you can make better decisions, I think. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.